I, I never know how to start. This is the podcast. Hello and welcome to Dying to Know. My <laughs> name is Jimmy. I'm here with my wife, Lindsay. Hi. That's all I guess. Hi. Hi. Okay. I don't know Fair what enough. the fuck else you want. <laughs> wow. You know, so my grandparents listened to our podcast for the first time mm-hmm. and they told my parents, uh, like, I didn't realize, like, I've never heard him cuss before. I've never heard Lindsay cuss before. And six seconds in, you drop the F-bomb. So that's that's <laughs> lovely. Um, but anyway, to this week is uh, my episode. We're doing this on my lunch break. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Um, okay, so we're changing it up. Uh, I was torn between two topics this week. Okay. Uh, I finally sat down and decided. Anyone who knows me, uh, especially lately, I've gotten really into like pirate history Mm -hmm. and like pirate lore and there's a lot of interesting time because like history around the the golden age of piracy was uh very much word of mouth yeah so legends spread quick Mm -hmm. um and when most people think of pirates they think these days they think they either go to one of two things it's either uh captain jack sparrow yeah in pirates of the caribbean or um Stuff like uh, Treasure Island, focusing mm-hmm. on Captain Flint, Long John Silver, yeah, all that stuff. Um, or if you're us, Black Sails. Black Sails, which is also <laughs> Captain Flint, yeah, Long John Silver. But what's what's unique about almost all of the fictional pirate lore is it refers to actual people. Uh, and one pirate, no matter what, comes up in almost every instance of fictional pirate lore and it's blackbeard mm-hmm. uh i didn't know a lot of the the actual history behind blackbeard as a person mm-hmm. i knew you know he's a feared pirate long blackbeard hence the name blackbeard but uh i wanted to do an episode that focused on him that being said almost all of this is straight up like word of mouth Leg- some of it's legend, some of it's disputed on how much of it is true and how much of it isn't. So not necessarily completely factual, as far as we know. There's no way to prove or like, disprove. Even his death is, uh, what's it called? There's debate on over if his death, it happened the way that I'm about to say it. Mm-hmm. But what I'm going to talk about is the most commonly accepted story of Blackbeard's life. Okay. Okay. So just, but like I said, keep low grain of salt is that it might not be 100% factual. Very true. Okay. okay. So we're going to start off. Uh, not much is known about Blackbeard's early life. Down to when he was born. Yeah. How, Where he's from. Like, not much is known. Which, uh, which wasn't exceptionally uncommon, especially for pirates or, or people that no. became pirates, which typically tended to be, like, peasants. Or... Well, and, and typically, when you look at, like, the traditional pirates... Most of their history isn't documented until they became criminals. Mm -hmm. And even then, most of them didn't talk about their previous life before they were a pirate. Uh, But it's commonly believed he was between 35 and 40 years old when he died. Okay. Uh, Which is interesting. I I always assumed he was older, but I think that's just because, like, in most pop culture, he's portrayed as as being older. As an older man. Which I guess for that time, he would have (laughs) been. And if the common like 
how he died is to believed, and he was between 35 and 40 years old, he would have been born around 1680. Okay. So we're going to go with that as his birth. Um, even his name is subject to debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most common is Edward Teach. Yeah. Um, but there's also uh, a lot of references to him known as Edward Thatch, okay. which it wasn't co- uncommon when pirates became pirate when they adopted the pirate life to change their name. Yeah. It just it happened. Um, but across all legends, he's known as Thatch. Thatch. So one is T C H, one is C H, okay. one is Thash, T H A C H E, Thack, Tack. Teach and teach with a th at the beginning. Okay. So he's known has multiple aliases depending on who's telling the story, and that could be because people weren't exactly a hundred percent literate and they spelled his name wrong. That's what I was going to say is that it it might have been just various sources were illiterate. There's also an early source that claims his original last name is Drummond, but there's nothing to support that. Support that. Um. That part becomes important. Okay. So. In the 17th century, uh, Britain obviously colonized the Americas, mm-hmm. um, and the rapid expansion of 18th century, uh, the Atlantic slave trade in the 18th century, made Bristol in Britain an important international seaport. A lot of people think this is where he grew up, okay. at this seaport. Um, almost every account talks about him being able to read and write, mm-hmm. which... It sounds small, but that's big at this point. Um, He's like straight up, even when he supposedly died, according to this, he had stuff, letters on him that he had wrote. Mm -hmm. So he was, not only was he literate, he was very literate. Yeah. Like he was elegant in his writing. Yes. Um, this mixed with that Drummond tie or him constantly changing his name led leads a lot of like historians to believe that Blackbeard, unlike a lot of pirates, didn't come from a peasant family. He actually came from a w- respectable family. I, I could believe that. And that he changed his name to not bring discredit on his family. Mm-hmm. Um, it's believed that he arrived in the Caribbean in the later years of the last years of the 17th century. Um, a lot of people believed, which was common at the time, that for most people that became pirates, he was a sailor on a privateer ship mm-hmm. uh, during the War of Spanish Succession. The everyone that talked about, like, talks about Blackbeard before he became Blackbeard the pirate, said that he had like a natural charisma and kind of had no fear. Okay. So there's actually a belief that um, Blackbeard was kind of had like psychopathic or sociopathic tendencies because he just didn't give a shit. He would walk into a battle not caring about himself or others, and that made him super lethal because he exploited the fear of others. Yeah. Or it's possible that he experienced something or various things in his earlier life that we don't know about that kind of triggered that because eventually you you experience enough tragedy or, or what have you. And that part of you that, that wants to like emotionally tie to things just kind of shuts down. So it's, it's possible that either, either way, you know, um, 
despite that. So some people called it like recklessness. Some people called it courage, depending on who you were looking at. And during yeah. the time, his time as a privateer, I could see them being like, he's super courageous. He's, you know, fighting for England and he's fighting against to the go Spanish. In and risk his life for others and whatnot, even though yep. it might have just been completely selfish. Yep. So with the end of the war of Spanish succession, most of the privateers were essentially like, think of it like they were just laid off. Mm-hmm. England's like, yo, we don't need you anymore. Well, at the time, these privateer ships, what they were doing was they were attacking, and this happened on both sides of the war. They were attacking the opposing sides, essentially pillaging their ships and then sinking them. Mm-hmm. Well, when the war ended, they're like, yo, we can make some money off this shit. So that's where the pirates were born. So at this time, uh, a famous pirate, by the name of Henry Jennings, um, him and his followers are the ones who uh, took over New Providence Island and created Nassau, the okay. what would become known as like the pirate hub in the Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, the reason they established Nassau and New Providence Island as this hub was it was within easy reach of the Florida Strait, which was used by every essentially every country or every nation that had colonized anywhere in the Americas. So they could target England. They could target Spain. It was pretty much, they had free game to target anyone they wanted. Uh, The other reason was the Harbor was actually really shallow, Mm -hmm. which made it easy for small pirate ships to dock, but very hard for like England and Spain's warships to make it into the Harbor. They would have to sit off the coast and kind of ferry people in. Mm So it kind of made it like this perfect haven for for pirates. Um, Basically, at some point or another, Teach made it to this island. Mm -hmm. Blackbeard made it to to New Providence Island. Um, He originally, before this, last known location was Jamaica. Okay. Not much is known about his his going ons in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. It's just he moved from Jamaica to New Providence Island. Okay. Um, and this is where your eyes are gonna start picking up because, like Lindsay mentioned, we watched Black Sails. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite shows. I got Lindsay to watch it recently. So a lot of these names you're gonna go, I'm hey, gonna recognize. So possibly about 1716, Blackbeard joins the crew of Captain Benjamin Hornigold. Okay. Okay. Uh, at this point, Hornigold was a renowned pirate uh, who operated from Nassau. In 1716, same year, Hornigold placed Teach in command of a sloop he had taken as a prize. So a sloop's a smaller okay. ship. Mm-hmm. So not only did he join Hornigold's crew, the same year, Hornigold's like, you're going to be my second in command of this ship. Okay. So Hornigold was Trusted already... Trusted him enough to put him in, literally as the command of a, of a an, whole an, separate ship. Yes. Even if it was smaller. Um, so what pirates used to do at this time was when they took a ship, if they saw it as a value, they would add it to their quote unquote fleet. Yeah. And they would have essentially an army of ships. Mm-hmm. So um, in early 1717, Hornigold and Teach, each captaining a sloop, set out for the mainland. So that's key because not only did Hornigold give Teach the command of a sloop, he gave him a command of a ship of equal size to his own. Yeah. So he saw Teach as an equal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up capturing a boat carrying 120 barrels of flour out of Havana and shortly took 100 more barrels of wine out of a sloop of Bermuda. This is the first time 
that we hear of like teach the historically of teach leading a raid against another ship okay uh, a few days later they stop another vessel um but during this there's like conflicting inf- in, uh information that teach's crew kind of got rowdy and teach couldn't handle like keep control over them okay so hornigold started questioning um if teach, teach was like, it had control of this yeah. whatever um ultimately what this was was his crew because they hit so many ships back to back to back his crew's like let's go get another one let's go get another one they were like i want to say they were like yeah they weren't like bloodthirsty but but yeah um so anyway during these all these incursions teach man just to get control over his crew and hornigold once he gets control of him hornigold's basically like this dude is fit for command Mm -hmm. because not only has he successfully raided multiple ships he essentially stopped what could have been a mutiny yeah and he rallied his people behind Mm him um so this comes actually from a report of an anti-piracy of patrol from north carolina in teach's early days okay uh in this report this is one of those things where he's known as thatch and not Mm -hmm. teach but he just it was described of have operating a sloop of six guns and 70 men. So it only had six cannons on it. Okay. This, like, the document that uh, this was all mentioned in was, like, a list of known pirates that the anti-piracy, like, task forces were assigned of taking down. Okay. So, literally, within a year, Teach and Hornigold are on a list saying, like, take these guys out. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, here is where shit starts kind of ramping up. So in September, Teach and Hornigold encounter encounter a man named Steed Bonnet. I'm just gonna call him Bonnet. A Landover and military officer from a wealthy family who turned to piracy earlier that year. Okay. Bonnet's crew of about seventy were dissatisfied with his command, so Teach. With Bonnet's permission, he literally was essentially so likable that he convinced this Bonnet guy to give Teach his ship and his crew. He basically, like, did the most peaceful mutiny he, he yeah. could. <laughs> he didn't even have to, like, conduct a mutiny. He just basically convinced yeah. this dude to, to give him control. Uh, so Teach took control of the ship whose name was Revenge. Oh. Hmm. Well, hold on. So, the pirate's flotilla now consisted of three ships. The Revenge, which Teach had control of. Mm-hmm. Teach's old sloop, which he put a man in command that he trusted, and Benjamin Hornigold's ranger. Teach now had the biggest ship in the fleet. Okay. Uh, by October, they captured a another uh vessel and add it to the small fleet and there were multiple ships the two they mention are the they're both sloops the robert and the good intent okay the key here though one came from philadelphia one came from ireland so they are essentially targeting people all from over all place. over the place um those two 
were stopped in the same day. Damn, okay. Yep. So, at this time, we start seeing conflicts within this small fleet. Benjamin Hornigold was a prior British privateer. He only wanted to go after Spanish ships. He okay. still had some allegiance to Britain. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a manner of pride. His crew, however, did not agree. Hmm. Teach, Blackbeard, did not agree. They I mean, why limit yourself? They saw British vessels filled with valuable cargo, cargo as easy targets. And Hornigold's like, idea of just letting them pass kind of spurred Pissed like off. resentment. Yeah. Uh, and he was demoted within his crew. Oh, shit. So this dude who was in charge of this fleet is now not even in charge of his own ship. Holy shit. Uh, there's debate whether Teach spurred this on or was even involved. Mm-hmm. He might not have even involved. It might have been an internal crew decision. Following this, Hornigold retired from piracy. Okay. Uh, he took the Ranger and one of the sloops, leaving Teach with only the Revenge and his old sloop. Mm-hmm. So their fleet of four ships is now down to two, or okay. Blackbeard's fleet. The two never met again. That was where they parted ways and said goodbye. Okay. As far as everyone knows, it was on good terms. Good terms. Um, kind of of note, if you want to know where Hornigold's story ends, uh, Benjamin Hornigold accepted the king's pardon from Woods Rogers in June the following year. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah. I keep going back to Black Sails. But, yeah. They actually covered that, and we'll get into more later. <laughs> So on November 28th, we're still in 1717, uh, Teach's two ships attacked a French merchant vessel um, and basically got on either side of the ship and just shot into it. I mean... Uh, They killed a good amount of the crew, and the Mm -hmm. captain eventually surrendered the ship. Okay. The ship's name was the La Concorde uh, of St. Malo. It's a French port, but basically it's from France. Okay. Uh, it was a large French ship. It was like a cargo ship that was carrying slaves. Uh, Teach and his crew sailed the vessel along the south of St. Vincent, uh, where they disembarked her crew and cargo and converted the ship for their own use. Okay. The crew of the Long Concorde was given the smaller of the two sloops, which they renamed, uh, it's a French word, I'm not even going to try, but it translates to bad meeting, and they sailed to Martinique. Okay. Uh, it's up for debate if Teach may have recruited some of the slaves, but basically when they offloaded everything, he gave them the option of joining the crew. If they said no, he just left them on the island where they were. Okay. The shitty part is that crew that left in the small sloop came back and just picked them up and of course. ended up selling them anyway. Uh, Teach immediately renamed the La Concorde as Queen Anne's Revenge. Okay. Teach's flagship that everyone knows of. Do you remember when I said Teach had a sloop of six guns? Yeah. Not the Queen Anne's Revenge. He took advantage of this large ship and equipped it with 40 cannons. Ooh, fuck. He went straight firepower. Yeah. Uh, in this time, to- at this time, he places his lieutenant, a uh, man by the last name of Richards, um, in command of the Revenge. Mm-hmm. So, 
at this point, he now has still, again, two ships, but he has one that has 40 guns. Okay. So in late November, uh, he attacked another ship. Uh, this is all documented. Basically, he, this was one of the a merchant that had like their their ship decked out with guns. It was like one of the like premier anti piracy ships. He forced it to surrender. Damn. Okay. Um, I mean, with that many guns on his ship, and as a like fuck you to the anti piracy world. He moved them closer to shore, disembarked the crew, basically kicked the crew off onto the shore, mm -hmm. didn't kill them, kicked them off onto the shore, stole all the cargo, and then burned and sank the vessel. And his intention was that they would survive and report that their anti-piracy ship failed. Got it. Okay. And it did get reported. Uh, this actually was chronicled in the Boston Newsletter. But they screwed up everything in terms of what happened. So they said that Teach was in command of a French ship with 32 guns when he really had 40, a brigantine of 10 guns, and a sloop of 12 guns. But the sloop only had six. The sloop only had six. But this time, by this time, he might might have added more. That's possible. But the brigantine hadn't been mentioned anywhere before. Uh. But this is the first time that that brigantine is mentioned, and it's kind of gone by fact that he did have three ships. Okay. Um, at this time, it's estimated that he had these three ships, a total of, what's that, 22 plus 4, 62 guns, and a followers at 150 plus men. So he's damn near unstoppable. Yep. So on December in December 1717, this is the same year. He was given command of the fleet. He has done all of this in less than a year. Yeah. He stopped the a merchant sloop. Um, her captain, uh, Henry Bostick, and his crew remained teachers prisoners for eight hours and was forced to watch as their sloop was ransacked. Uh, him and his men were returned to their ship and allowed to leave. Hmm. So Blackbeard, everything I read, and you'll see this a lot, he wasn't the traditional bloodthirsty pirate. Kill everyone and no. take, take everything. And he was 100%. Up, like, take everything and just leave. He was 100% about the money. Mm -hmm. He was all about stealing stuff and making money. That's what his goal was. Um, at this time, he had established his, uh, like a hideout on St. Christopher Island, also known as St. Kitts in the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. So at this point, he he had moved his base of operations from Nassau and New Providence Island to St. Kitts. Mm -hmm. um, but, 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 oh, my bad. I read that wrong. It was the dude that he let go return to that. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, so he's still on Nassau. Yes. Um, at this time, this guy basically reports to the governor that teaches in command of two ships and a crew of 300 men. So the stories don't add up. Yeah. At all. Uh, that A lot of people think that maybe the brigantine just wasn't there. Maybe that, because Teach was like, had some naval experience, maybe the brigantine was sitting in the distance watching for other ships. Maybe. Possibly reinforcements for this ship. It's, it's unknown. Yeah. Uh, but during their capture, Bostock and his men were actually told by Teach's crew that 
Teach's crew had destroyed several other vessels and that they planned on going to Hispaniola to wait for Spanish warships. <laughs> like. Alrighty. Yeah. Um, during this time, though, Teach's, like, motives and how he did stuff were kind of exposed. Mm-hmm. They kept the crew. Like, this is still that guy and his crew captured. They talked to him. They would seemingly give up information and then just listen and basically teach would from his crew find out the location of uh, and movements of local ships so he'd be like oh uh, we're you know we're gonna play the unsuspecting pirates mm-hmm. and just listen as they whisper oh do they know about this ship do they know about this? yeah you know uh he, he essentially played into the fact that a lot of people assumed that all pirates were uneducated and didn't really have any tact so yep uh but it's also during this time that teach learns of a possible pardon coming from london for all piracy okay okay bostock this guy who him and his crew escaped this is where the first recorded account of teach's appearance comes from Okay. Up until his time, everyone was just like, yo, he was a pirate. Mm-hmm. Uh, he described Teach as a tall, spare man with a very black beard, which he wore long. Okay. This is where the name Blackbeard comes from. Because every account with Edward Teach, they always reference his beard. Okay. Um, he said that it almost was like Teach understood the value of appearance. Mm-hmm. They, it was how he described it, and I love this, that it was better to strike fear into the hearts of one enemies than rely on bluster. That Teach actually came off as a civilized man who was cold and calculating rather than the... scarier than someone that's, that's... Yeah, because he had 300 essentially bloodthirsty pirates at his mm-hmm. command, but he was calm, cool, collective, like... Which that, also, again, leans into him being educated before he went into piracy. It, it... Yep. Uh, Teach was described as tall with broad shoulders, knee-length boots, dark clothing, the traditional pirate garb. But this is probably one of my favorite aspects of Blackbeard's appearance, is that when Teach feared combat was nearing, he wore a sling over his shoulders with three brace of pistols. So he had three pistols on each side. He carried mm-hmm. six guns on him. Because Literally the... like like the gun harnesses that yep. that like uh law enforcement wears now is Yep, and uh the idea was that pistols took forever to reload. So he had essentially six shots. Yeah. And multiple times later on for accounts of teach fighting, he had no res he would be fighting a dude with one hand, pull out his pistol and shoot him with the other. Mm-hmm. Like that was Teach's style. Um, despite all this, and despite his crew, if Teach held prisoners, there are no accounts of him murdering them in cold blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Teach's movements between late 1717 and early 1718 are not known. Okay. Um, there's claims that he was, res- they were responsible for attacks in December. Um, there's, 
a claim from the Scarborough, which, I don't know if you remember that, that was one of the ships in Black Sails, uh, that reported in February of 1718 that a pirate ship of 36 gun and 250 men and a sloop of 10 guns and 100 men were seen uh, leaving the Leeward Islands chasing another ship. Whether that was Teach or not, who knows. Yeah. Um, because of this, though, the that ship, like, they saw these these ships leaving. They automatically went back, resupplied, added a shitload of guns, added muskets. We're already seeing in a year just the idea that it's Blackbeard is scaring the shit out of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to, because I wrote down a lot, I'm trying to weed out so it's not just fluff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So March 1718 is where Blackbeard's activity picks back up, where we know of him. Both ships were spotted. Uh, both ships spotted a Jamaican logwood cutting sloop. That's I saying that seven times fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was stopped, and her captain was actually invited to join the pirate fleet. Really? Stopped him was like, "Yo, you want to join?" <laughs> the captain, whose last name was Harriet, and his crew accepted based on just the assumption that they would be sailing under Blackbeard. Wow. He was that notorious that they're like, okay, we'll do it. Fuck it. Teach sent over a crew to sail the adventure because essentially they didn't have enough. It was a minimum man ship Mm -hmm. and they didn't have gun crews. Uh, He opponent his own captain, a pirate by the name of Israel Hands. Okay. Uh, These three ships sailed uh to the bay of honduras where they added another ship so if we're saying ship it's a bigger ship and four more sloops to their fleet okay so by this time he is at five eight to nine ships Mm -hmm. in his fleet um he basically this is where they just start Sinking ships left and right because they have a, a the monster not? fleet. Yeah. Uh, there's multiple reports where it's like they possibly sailed towards Havana where they captured a small ven- ven- uh, Spanish vessel. They then sailed to the wrecks of the 1715 Spanish fleet and disembarked the crew of this sloop before going to South Carolina and tacking three vessels along the way. There's a lot of hearsay, but at this point, he is in the big takeaway. He is in command of a no shit fleet. Yeah, and, and and hearing all those accounts, it's like, well, they sailed here and then they sailed here. It's possible that he dispatched like a group of ships because mm-hmm. you've got he had what nine you said eight to nine at this point, if not ships. more. So y- you just split your group in two, send you know people that you trust and four ships this way. You go this way and you're like, you cover so much ground. Yep. So at this or point. Ocean? So much, so much ocean. At this point, uh, this is like Blackbeard at the peak of his power, mm-hmm. right? Blackbeard, being the civilized man he is, says, "Well, I'm in charge of a fleet. I am now not a captain anymore. I'm a commodore." He literally gives himself <laughs> a rank. Okay. Uh, and to show kind of how much power he had, he decided to block the blockade the port of Charlestown in South Carolina. Which was a major port in Ooh, the shit. in North America. Yeah, all vessels entering or leaving the port were stopped. 
because basically what he did, he waited for the ship guarding the port to leave and just parked his shit his ships in the So he's basically like flexing. He's like Yeah. He's blocking. It's like you try to leave or supplies coming in, I'm gonna take it. Mm-hmm. Uh over the next five or six days, nine vessels were stopped and ransacked. Okay. Uh because people keep try- kept trying to run by him. Um once this is like one of the like main stories of Blackbeard. One ship, uh, which included a member of the Council of the Province of Carolina, so a politician, mm-hmm. ship's name was the Crowley. Okay. Uh, man's name was Samuel Ragg. Him and his passengers were essentially kidnapped and questioned, uh, and they were locked below decks for a day. Teach informed the prisoners that his fleet had required medical supplies and that the government of South Carolina Oh, from the government of South Carolina. And that if they didn't get them, the prisoners would be executed and their heads were, would be sent to the governor. Yikes. Yep. Okay. And all the captured ships would be set on fire. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, uh, Teach didn't want to send his men into the town because he didn't want a, a land fight. He knew they had the sea fight, so yeah. he'd rather hold them hostage. Uh, the, me- the council member agreed to the demands and... Mr. Marks, which is one of Teach's dude, and two pirates were given two days to collect the drugs. Teach moved his fleet and the captured ships to within five or six leagues from land, so he just backed them off. Mm-hmm. Uh, three days later, now he was given two days. Three days later, a messenger sent by Marks returned to the fleet. Marks's boat had capsized and delayed their arrival into Charlestown. So we're already a day past mm-hmm. the deadline. Teach goes, okay, you have two more days. Like that's awfully generous. Yep. Two days later, the party didn't return. Of course not. He then called a meeting of his fellow sailors and moved the eight ships into the harbor, which caused Ooh. pure panic. Yeah. Um, Marks finally returns to the fleet and explains that on his arrival, he presented the pirates' demands to the governor, and the drugs were actually gathered quickly. But the two pirates that were sent to escort him were hard to find because they were busy drinking with friends. And when he finally found them, they were just off their ass drunk. Completely shit-faced. Yep. Teach kept to his side of the bargain and released the captured ships and prisoners unharmed. So this shows right here that he isn't bloodthirsty because his deadline was hit. He's yeah. like, give him two more days. Deadline was hit. He's like, okay, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. Uh, the only thing, some of the prisoners were returned naked. It wasn't because of any like assault or anything it was that the clothes they were wearing were made from really fine like silk and shit and he's like yo oh, we can sell this okay but again yeah shows he's not there to yeah because he could have easily people. just killed those people instead of just stripping them down yep damn i really hope i'm not gonna go oh yeah we're good we're good we're good i was like i hope i'm not gonna run a... go way over time here <laughs> okay so while there uh, while they're blocking, Teach learns that Woods Rogers has mm-hmm. left England with several men of war. Which, if you don't know what a man of war is, it's essentially a warship just outfitted to the brim with cannons. Mm-hmm. Um, and he left England with the orders to purge the West Indies of pirates. Damn, okay. Uh, Teach's flotilla, flotilla sailed along the Atlantic coast north, uh, off the course, coast of North Carolina. They ended to careen their ships uh, to scrape their holes, which that's pull them up, 
and what they do is they scrape all the shit off the bottom of the ships to make them faster. Because yeah. if they know Woods Rogers is coming, they need speed. Mm-hmm. Um, but on June 10th, 1718, the Queen Anne's Revenge ran aground on a sandbar, cracking her mainmast and severely damaging many of the many of the timbers, so most of the wood. Aww. Teach ordered the sloops to throw ropes across the flagship in an attempt to free her. A sloop commanded by Israel Hands of Adventure also ran aground, and both vessels appeared to be damaged beyond repair, leaving only Revenge and a captured Spanish sloop. What happened to the rest of their ships? I have mm-hmm. no clue at this point. Yeah. Uh, during this, at some point, Teach had learned of the offer of a royal pardon and confided in Bonnet his willingness to accept it. Mm-hmm. The pardon was open to all pirates who surrendered on or before September 5th, 1718 but contained a caveat stipulating that immunity was only offered against crimes committed before January 5th. Okay. Teach and his crew had taken the Bay Harbor uh, hostage in March. Okay. Although, in theory, this left Bonnet and Teach at risk of being hanged for their action at at Charlestown, uh, most authorities could actually waive this if they turned themselves in. Okay. Teach thought that Governor Charles Eden was a man he could trust. Charles Eden at the time oh, no. was the governor of North Carolina, mm-hmm. and he was trying to basically go on good faith that he didn't harm anybody in South Carolina, mm-hmm. that they would, you know, allow it. Um, but Teach being Teach wanted to make sure and wanted to see that it would happen to another captain before he turned himself in. Of course. So, naturally, he set Bonnet. <laughs> oh, no. Bonnet left immediately on a small sailing boat uh, where he surrendered to Governor Eden. Mm-hmm. Governor Eden honored it and gave him a pardon. Okay. So, he then traveled back to uh, where they had set, had left, to collect the revenge and the remainder of his crew. And he mm-hmm. to sail to St. Uh, Thomas Island to sell the boat and make some money off mm-hmm. of it. Unfortunately for him, Teach had stripped the vessels of its valuables and provisions and marooned its crew. Bonnet set out for revenge, but was never able to catch up with Teach. He and his crew returned to piracy and were captured in September later that year, and all but four were tried and hung in Charlestown. Oh, shit. Yep. Uh, This is where a lot of speculation comes in an author who focuses specifically on pirate research by the name of Robert Lee uh, surmised that teach in Israel hands intentionally ran their ships aground to reduce their fleet's crew complement, increasing their share of spoils purposely oh, ran their ships aground. It's less people that you have to share the spoils yep. with during the trial of Bonnet's crew. One of the, one of the crew members testified that the ship was run ashore and lost uh, and was convinced that Teach Did was the purpose. reason. Uh, it's possible that Teach did this on purpose and had Bonnet in on his plan to see if the bar the pardon would work. But Teach also probably wasn't convinced that the pardon would work, which is why he stripped the ship and basically removed the crew. Yeah. Um, and the Queen Anne's Revenge was his biggest ship, so if you need speed to get away, you're going to dump that bigger ship because it can't move as quickly yeah and if he was really honestly considering um taking a pardon Mm -hmm. it might have been a sense of pride for him that the english 
Never got military. Never got their hands on his ship. Yeah, which is what a lot of people believe is mm-hmm. that he thought if he took the pardon, they would take his ship. Yeah, and he didn't want that to happen. Um, so before sailing onward in the remaining sloop, uh, Teach marooned twenty-five men on a sandy island. Uh, a lot of people think this might have been because there was like dissent in the ranks. And these guys were starting to question Teach's motives. Okay. So he's just like, you know, fuck it. You don't like it? Leave. Mm-hmm. Bonnet, who was on Teach's trail at this point, rescued the men. Um, but, you know, at this point we know essentially those men end up getting hung for piracy. Yeah. Uh, Teach uh, continued to wear... Um, Bonnet went to go get his pardon and received uh, a pardon from the governor. Mm-hmm. Blackbeard gets his pardon, which is interesting. I did not know Blackbeard yeah. got a pardon for piracy. <laughs> um, spoiler alert, doesn't last long. Uh, but in the meantime, he settles actually in Bath Creek, which is in North Carolina, near where he uh, accepted his pardon. Mm-hmm. During July and August... He basically went out fishing, kind of tried to make an honest work. There's accounts stating he actually got married to the daughter of a plantation owner. Okay. Um, a lot of people think this might have been done in the intent that he would inherit the plantation, mm-hmm. but there's no actual records of him getting married at all. Okay. It's a lot of word it's of mouth. It's all like hearsay. Um, at this point, teach works with Eden, the governor of the area, to return as, to his old life as a privateer. Okay. Uh, he actually gives permission, um, and he was given an official title to his remaining ship. So teaches straight at this point, his ship and his crew are now legit. They're mm-hmm. privateers again. He renamed it the Adventure. Okay. By the end of August, though, he returns to piracy. Of course. Like almost immediately. Uh, and a new warrant is mm-hmm. issued for his arrest that bypasses the pardon he got earlier. Um, almost immediately, he captures two French ships leaving mm-hmm. the Caribbean, uh, moved one crew across the other, and sailed the remaining ship back to uh, Ocracoke. It's in North Carolina. Okay. It's an inlet off the coast of North Carolina. Uh, in September, he reaches out to the governor and told him that he found the French ship at sea deserted. Oh, uh-huh. That's, yeah. Uh-huh. Super convenient. Uh, a vice admiral, admiralty court was quickly convened, and basically, they said, they agreed, the ship was found derelict at sea. So, <laughs> they like, basically... We believe you. So, here's the shitty part. This shows the corruption at the time. They're like, we believe you. But we get a certain percentage of the cargo. Mm-hmm. Like it's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, this area in North Carolina is where he started hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of abandoned the the Bahamas for a little bit. Um, the reason he liked hanging out there is from the shore. You could see multiple ships going to more, multiple different ports. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. It was here that Teach first spotted the approaching vessel under the command of Charles Vane, another English pirate. Okay. Several months earlier, Vane had rejected the pardon, offered 
uh, by Woods Rogers in Nassau. Um, the way he actually escaped, and this is, I'm sorry for everyone listening who hasn't seen it, the escape from Nassau in Black Sails, where they lit the ship on fire, ran mm-hmm. in, they snuck away in a smaller ship. Vane actually did that in real life to get out of Nassau. That is a true oh, story. Okay. Blackbeard wasn't involved, but, but that was 100% yeah. a true story. That that's, Vane, cool. that's how Vane escaped, escaped Nassau. Um, bah, bah, bah. So Vane left running from the man of war, man of war that Woods Rogers brought to Nassau. Mm-hmm. Um, it was this at this point that Teach learns that Benjamin Hornigold is now a pirate hunter under the employ of Britain. Okay. So his original, like, teacher... Is now a pirate hunter. Is now a pirate hunter. Teach Which makes Bain, sense. If he was a pirate himself, he would know the best ways to capture pirates. Yep. Teach and Vane spend several nights on the southern tip of Ocracoke Island, kind of trading stories, trading techniques, and eventually become accompanied by notorious figures such as Israel Hands, Robert Deal, and Calico Jack Rackham. Okay. So they all meet. They become essentially friends, mm-hmm. acquaintances. They just kind of hang out and tell bullshit. Um, so we're, now we're getting into the down, the end of Teach's run. So as it spread to throughout neighboring colonies, the news of Teach and Vane meeting and meeting with Jack Rackham and all of them start worrying people that Teach has gone to his old ways. Okay. Now, remember, Teach had been pardoned, a warrant had been issued for his arrest, but he got out of it by saying that the French ship was scuttled. Mm-hmm. Now he's meeting with pirates and starting to raise the hair on the back of people's necks. Okay. So you following yeah. the train? The governor of Pennsylvania sends out two sloops to capture the pilot, pirates, this group of pirates. They were unsuccessful. Uh, but... Governor of Virginia, the governor of Virginia was concerned that the supposedly retired pirate and his crew were living in nearby North Carolina. So he's just like, they're right below us, you know, yada, yada, yada. Several of teachers' former crew had already moved into Virginia towns, uh, prompting that all for the governor to make a law stating that all former pirates have to make themselves known to the authorities. Even though they were pardoned. Yeah. He he basically did what, like, how sex offenders have to get registered and, like, let people know, hey, I'm a registered sex offender. Except they don't get pardoned, but but yes. He did that with pirates. Okay. Uh, Not only that, they would no longer be allowed to carry weapons, and they could not hang out in larger than groups of three. Okay. Despite the fact that they were 100% pardoned. Hmm. This, okay. obviously, caused a shit show. Well, yeah. Because now they're like, yo, we were pardoned. Now we're being treated like like yeah. second-class citizens. Um, the governor, Alexander Spotswood of Virginia viewed the Carolinas, North and South Carolina, mm-hmm. with contempt. He thought that they were too lenient on pirates. Okay. Because North Carolina had issued the pardons on behalf of England. Yeah. Um, Spotswood, the governor, learned that William Howard, the former quartermaster of the Queen Anne's Revenge, was in the area and believed he might know where Teach was. Uh, 
so he had the pirate and his two slaves arrested. Mm-hmm. Spotswood had no legal authority to have the pirates tried, and as a result, they um, brought the so okay, it's confusing, sorry. When they were arrested, they were not held on land. They were held in a ship. Okay. They were arrested essentially at sea. The Howard's attorney then countered, like sued. He brought charges against the captain of the ship they were being held on because there was no legal reason for them to be held. Um, he also claimed wrongful arrest. This is where the legal battles start because Spotswood claimed that the governor was entitled to try pirates without a jury in times of crisis and that Teach's presence alone in North Carolina presented such crisis. Okay. Uh, basically, this is when they went, they go back and despite them being, remember how they were pardoned, even though they committed crimes after the cutoff date? Mm-hmm. This dude goes back and goes, well, no, they committed crimes after the pardon, so mm-hmm. doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So he goes, basically, gets rid of the waiver that was put in place. Yeah. Um. So, basically, they, um, sorry, I lost my place here. <laughs> John Holloway, the guy that was, like, representing the, the former quartermaster. Mm-hmm basically had to step down because of the pressure that they were putting on him to try to try these guys. Like they essentially bullied him out of representing them. Mm -hmm. Um, Howard was then found guilty and sentenced to be hanged, but saved by a commission from London, basically saying like, you're out of line. Mm -hmm. But this is like the reason I wanted to bring this up. This is showing that London and the governors of the colonies are not in agreement. Yeah. Like, I don't want to tie this into, like, the American Revolution, but this is early. This is 1718. This is mm-hmm. 60 years before the American Revolution, but we're already seeing that dissent between them. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it saved this dude's life. Um, but here's the problem. Alexander Spotswood, the governor of Virginia, had obtained valuable information on Teach's whereabouts during the trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, he planned to send forces illegally into North Carolina to capture him. Uh, He gained support of two men who wanted to discredit North Carolina's governor. Um, Basically, just slanders the shit out of this guy. Yeah. It's like, you know, he he has no right to to give these guys pardons, yada, yada, yada. And also saying that Teach had returned to piracy, which he had, and that Teach had treasure hidden away. He hadn't turned over everything. Oh, okay. Um. Basically, these guys were sent, these two dudes were sent to go after Teach. Um, One of the ships they took was Ranger, which was one of Teach's old ships. Um, Basically, they set out for North Carolina, um, yada, yada, yada. They went to look to see if Teach was there. They never found him. But they said the reports from them, it felt like a boogeyman was watching over them. Oh. They said that they they kept expecting to turn a corner and see Blackbeard. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some theories that the reason they felt that way was that Blackbeard had spies everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they went to 
the governor's home that they've been discrediting and told him, like, we're here to get Blackbeard whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. So, one of the dudes who was sent, his last name was Maynard. He found the pirates on Oak, on the inner side of Ocracoke Island on November 21st, 1770, or 1718, sorry. Okay. Uh, he ascertained their position from the ships. He stopped along his journey. So he basically, every ship he came across, he stopped like, have you seen this man? Mm-hmm. Um, but because he wasn't familiar with like local terrain underwater, he wanted to wait till the morning to make his attack, which is smart because he might hit a reef he can't see, you know, yada, yada, yeah. yada. He stopped all traffic from entering that area, uh, preventing any warning of his presence. So basically he sat just out of view, you know, uh, and posted lookout on both sloops uh, to ensure that Teach could not escape to the sea. On the other side of the island, Teach was busy entertaining his guests and not had not set a lookout. Oh. Yep. With Israel hands ashore in Bath, uh, with about 24 of adventure sailors, he also had a much reduced crew. So at this mm-hmm. time, Israel hands and his crew had left. Mm-hmm. Johnson reported that the pirate had no more than 25 men aboard and that he gave out to all vessels that he spoke with that he had 40 uh at daybreak proceeded by a small boat to do recon mm-hmm. uh Maynard's two sloops entered the channel the small craft were quickly spotted by the adventure and fired at as soon as it was within range of her guns while the boat the small boat made a quick retreat to one of two sloops Teach cut the adventure's anchor cable. He hoisted the sails, and the adventure maneuvered to point her starboard guns at the two sloops, uh, which were slowly closing the gap. So you have his ship and two ships coming in. Mm-hmm. Hyde moved the Ranger, which is the other ship, so it's the Jane and the Ranger, the two sloops, to the port side of the Jane, and the Union flag was unfurled on each ship, the British flag. Okay. The adventure uh, then turned towards the beach, heading for a narrow channel. What happened next is completely uncertain. There's a lot of accounts, every single one of them different. Okay. Uh, Johnson, one of the survivors, claimed that there was an exchange of small on fire before the adventure ran aground on a sandbar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Maynard anchored and lightened his ship to pass over the obstacle. So basically, Teach hit a sandbar. This dude behind him threw shit overboard, so his ship rose in the water, and they went over the sandbar. Okay, okay. Another version claimed that both the Jane and the Ranger ran aground, uh, but Maynard mentioned made no mention of this. I think that might be likely because if you run your ship aground, you don't want people to know about it. you're going to leave no. it out of your report. Yeah. Uh, so it's possible. What is certain though is that the adventure turned her guns on the two ships and fired. Okay. The broadside was devastating. In an instant, Maynard lost as much as a third of his forces Holy in the shit. first salvo. Yeah. 20 on the Jane were either wounded or killed it killed killed it killed it <laughs> wounded or killed and nine were either wounded or killed on the Ranger okay Hyde uh, one of the dudes in command of the other ship was dead and his second and, co- and third in command were either dead or seriously injured his swoop was so badly damaged that it played no further role in the attack damn okay Contemporary accounts of what happened next are confused but small arms fire from the Jane may have cut the adventure's jib sheet the jib sheet uh it's a sail line that lets them turn mm-hmm. uh which a lot of people think is the reason these lucky shots caused the adventure to run into the sandbar 
Okay. No one believes that the adventurer ran into the sandbar because Blackbeard wasn't paying attention. He knew that inlet better than anybody. Mm -hmm. So something had to go wrong with the ship. In the aftermath, like I said, the Jane and the Ranger may have also been grounded. Uh, Basically, if that was the case, it was a race to see who can make their ship float first, as Mm -hmm. dumb as that sounds. Uh, The man in charge of the Ranger Maynard kept his men below deck, most of his men below deck, uh, in preparation of being boarded by the pirate crews. Teach watches the gap is closed because they got their ship free. Mm-hmm. Um, the two vessels contacted one another. Uh, there's debate on if they actually collided or they, by contact, they mean they got close enough to throw grappling hooks. Okay. Because grappling hooks uh, were used. Um, the, sorry, grappling hooks were used and grenades from like black powder bombs were thrown by both sides. Okay. So they were just bombing the shit out of each other. As the smoke cleared, Teach led his men aboard the Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, his men basically saw that the ship was damn near empty and kind of relaxed. And that was their flaw. Okay. Because the dude had moved all of his men to the hold. Mm-hmm. Um, once they kind of saw that Blackbeard's crew kind of relaxed, the rest of Maynard's men burst from the hold, shooting as they went and then pulling swords. The plan to surprise Teach and his crew worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pirates were taken aback by the assault. Teach rallied his men, and the two groups fought across the deck. There's actually notes of the fighting being some of the sloppiest sword fighting ever seen because the decks were so soaked with blood that the pirates were slipping. Slipping? Yes. Ooh, okay. Um, because like I said, when he shot, he killed or wounded 20 men. So mm-hmm. there's blood everywhere. Um, Maynard, now this all comes from the reports of Maynard on his like how i took down teach Mm -hmm. him and teach fired their pistols at each other both missed then through which is believable because the pistols were inaccurate as shit yeah it seems like something added for dramatic we don't know exactly how far apart they were and it's literally he said we threw shot at each other missed threw our pistols aside and drew swords to Mm -hmm. fight teach's sword broke during the fight no way yes um sounds like it's just like a a cluster of bad luck like teach kept fighting Mm -hmm. with a broken sword but his men started falling one by one and eventually maynard's crew completely surrounded maynard and teach who were still fighting Mm. i'm thinking this is like a schoolyard fight where everyone's just chanting fight around them (laughs) um as Maynard drew back to fire, he'd pulled another pistol. Teach moved in to attack him, but was slashed across the neck by one of Maynard's men. Oh, So no. Maynard went back to go shoot. Teach rushed in. As he rushed in, one of his men jumped in and slashed him across the throat. Jesus. Uh, badly wounded, mm-hmm. he was then attacked and killed by several of Maynard's crew. Essentially, once he was wounded, they were like rabid dogs because they yeah. wanted to be the one to kill, to kill Blackbeard. Him. Uh, the remaining pirates saw Teach fall and were like, we're done. They surrendered. Yeah. Uh, those left were captured, uh, including one who was including one who uh, planned to enact 
Edward Teach's last command. Teach had a thing that if he were ever to be killed or captured, that one of his crew members were to go down to the bottom and ignite the powder kegs. Okay. Essentially blowing up and destroying both ships. But the man who was assigned to do it surrendered instead. What? Yep. Um, That bitch got haunted. Yep. Varying accounts of the list of casualties from this battle exist. Like, it's Mm -hmm. unknown. Uh, Maynard reported that eight of his men and 12 pirates were killed on the fighting on the decks. Mm -hmm. Not as many as I would expect. Yeah. Um, Another reported that 10 pirates and 11 of Maynard's men were killed. Mm -hmm. Um, Another person claimed that 10 pirates and 10 were killed. So it's just, it's all over the place. Um, Maynard, when everything, the smoke settled, Maynard examined Teach's body, mm-hmm. noting that he had been shot five times and stabbed 20 times. Holy shit. There's actually theory that the reason they did this is that many men at the time believed that Blackbeard was a supernatural entity. That he was like that immortal? He was, or... That he was either immortal or a spirit that... There's actually a really cool like legend that mm-hmm. Blackbeard was the spirit of the pirates that were abandoned when England cut all the privateers. Mm-hmm. That he was the sea's the way of fight. Spirit, yeah. yeah. Um, he several items were found on him, including letters uh, to different pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's thought that these letters were to like create a new pirate fleet that he was trying okay. to rally people by his side. Uh, but the ex- exact doc, like details of that letter are unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, Teach's corpse was thrown into the water, mm. uh, but not before they cut off his head. Mm. And then they suspended his head from the bowsprit of the sloop. So basically hung it, off the the point of the nose, Jesus. they hung his head because they wanted to bring his head. First of all, it's like an ultimate act of dishonor. Yeah. Second of all, they wanted to bring his head to claim the bounty that was mm-hmm. placed on mm-hmm. Blackbeard. Um. So bad for the fucking yep low man on the totem pole that had to actually tie it to that. But so Blackbeard died. Lieutenant Maynard remained in the area. They basically scoured the area and they found that Teach did have a shitload of stuff he had stolen from other ships. Sugar, cocoa, indigo, Mm -hmm. which I guess is a dye, Mm -hmm. um, and cotton. Basically, in like tents. Teach had a pirate hideout going on. Uh, The stuff was then basically sold at auction because they didn't really know who it belonged to, and they used that to pay Maynard and his men for all this stuff. Okay. Um, I want to do Remind Me When This Is Over, because they have the bounty for Teach's Head. It's 400 pounds. Okay. But that's in 1718, so I guarantee it's ridiculous today. Mm-hmm. Um, the amem- remainder of Teach's crew and former associates uh, were jailed and charged for piracy mm-hmm. um sorry so though they were tried on march 12th 1719 
no records of the trial exist. Yeah. 14 of the 16 were found guilty. Uh, the remaining two, um, one proved they had partaken of the fight out of necessity. I don't know how he proved that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, having only been on Teach's ship as a guest at the drinking party the night before, not as a pirate. So he's like, oh. I was just there getting drunk, and I got roped, in, roped <laughs> into this. The other that was not tried was Israel Hands, who uh-huh. was not present. He was, they even said him and his people weren't there. He claimed that during a drinking session, Teach had shot him in the knee and he had been like mangled ever since. So the reason he wasn't there was that Teach and him got into an argument. Teach shot him. So he left. Got it. Okay. So he was straight up just like. Yep. And he goes, and you have no proof that I was there participating in pirate activity. So I'm still covered by the pardon, which he was. I mean. Uh, the remaining pirates were hanged um, and were left to rot in gibbets. Gibbets? Gibbets. Just like the cages that they just gibbets, leave people I think, in. I think both are acceptable. <laughs> um, and I did not know this. I wish I would have known this. They were hung in Williamsburg because Williamsburg Capital Landing Road was known as Gallows Road where they hung pirates. Oh, okay. Yep. Governor Eden uh, was embarrassed like publicly humiliated because uh, Governor Spotswood, his invasion force, came into North Carolina. It basically told him there's nothing you can do about it. Um, Eden was, at this point, heavily criticized. A lot of people were claiming that he was in league with Teach, and Teach was paying him to kind of let him do shit. Um, there is no proof of this Mm -hmm. but in order to save space save face spotswood accused a man by the name of tobias knight who is another former pirate of being in league with teach that was because one of the letters found on teach's body was addressed to tobias knight so the idea is that they found a bot the letters on teach one of them was going to this man this former pirate Uh so this guy to save his reputation was like i'm going to take down another former pirate who returned to piracy in order to save face (laughs) um knight was brought in for questioning um and israel hands was brought in as a witness against knight basically uh he was ended up found innocent like they they tried knight but there was no proof to prove that he had returned to piracy um, it sounds horrible. He ended up dying later that year because he was some kind of sickness. Um, so Eden was annoyed that the accusation against Knight arose in which a trial, you know, he played no part. The good, the goods, um, all the stuff involved, um, led to Spotswood. The, the guy that was all about this, um, being replaced okay. because of all of his stuff. Um, that's about it. That's that's Blackbeard's life in a nutshell. I mean, it's a lot more interesting. Here's the fucking kicker. Blackbeard, notorious pirate we all know that has been referenced in every single piece of pirate lore. Years active, 1716 to 1718. He was a pirate for two years. 
That's Jeez. it. Jeez. Which is common. Most like legit pirates uh, have fairly I, short runs. Very short runs. Um, so we've talked about a couple other like well-known pirates, right? Jack mm. Rackham, years active, seventeen eighteen to seventeen twenty. Mm. Now these are confirmed years active, right? Yeah. Charles Vane, seventeen sixteen to seventeen twenty one. Most pirates only had a span of about two to five years. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it sounds horrible, I mean, but that's that either because they were unless killed or disease or whatever. Yeah, I was going to say, unless you're constantly like doing something and then laying low for for a while, you're, it, it's a short-lived career. That is interesting, though, that, that Blackbeard was only technically active for two years, but he was like 35 or 40 when he died, so... He had a long life before that. Yeah. Um. So just kind of some some wrap up, right? Blackbeard's been portrayed in all kinds of media. Um. Teach always flew different flags, mm-hmm. right? Um. He had an obsession with skeletons, which most pirates do, and also the color red, which okay. is different because most pirate flags are, are black, black and white. Um, the teacher's flag, though, was a skeleton toasting the devil, Okay. holding a spear, which was stabbing a blood-red heart. Okay. He wanted something that would stick in people's minds that wasn't just the skull and crossbones. He wanted the flag to be a sense of fear. And that alone, that mentality is why Teach or Blackbeard is so notorious right Mm -hmm. because he wasn't the richest pirate he wasn't the most active pirate but the years he were was active he had such a commanding presence over the pirate world it was his reputation it was his legend like it couldn't be denied um so just kind of gee whiz and i'm so pissed we never went uh Mm -hmm. the record the wreck of the Queen Anne's Revenge is off the coast of North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, it sank where it ran aground. I mean, um, there's actually a uh, law that was passed because in 2014, so not that long ago, mm-hmm. the state of North Carolina uploaded video of the wreck yeah. to its website without permission of the crew that found the video, that did oh. film the video. Okay. Uh, basically... There was copyright dispute over the footage, um, and law was actually a law was actually passed called Blackbeard's Law hmm. in North Carolina. It states that all photographs, video recordings, and other document materials of a derelict vessel or shipwreck or its contents, relics, artifacts, or historic materials in the custody of any agency or in, in the custody of agency of North Carolina government shall be public record. Okay. They knew the wreck was there. Yeah. They literally, what it sounds like is they went on YouTube, found the video, put it on their website, and then the people who made the video are like, that's our video. Mm -hmm. But it's essentially like videotaping a national park. Yeah. But I thought it was cool that there's actually a law called Blackbeard's Law. That is interesting. But yeah, so that's Blackbeard in a nutshell. Uh, Really quick. So you had said that there was a bounty on his head. Oh, yeah. 400 pounds? Yep. And that was in the year, in what year? 1718. 1718. Okay. So let me, I'm going to adjust my calculator here a little bit. 
Oh, you're trying to see? I already have it pulled up, yeah. So, one second. So, Lindsay's doing the conversion to see what that is today. Yes. Okay, so in pounds, it was 400 yep. in 1718. Uh, and this is based on 2019. Okay. So up to up to last year. Uh, today that would be eighty eight thousand pounds and one hundred sorry, eighty eight thousand one hundred and thirty four pounds. Okay. Okay. Converting that to dollars because we're, we're American. American. Uh, that would be about a hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. Damn. Okay. Do another number. Okay. Uh two hundred or two thousand two hundred and thirty eight. So two two three eight. Is that pounds? Yep. In seventeen eighteen. Two two three eight? Yep. Okay. Is four hundred and ninety three thousand one hundred and twelve pounds. Okay. Was okay. that convert to four nine three one one two? Six hundred and forty two thousand five hundred and sixty four dollars. That's how much the loot Blackbeard had stored in his hideout was worth. Oh shit. That they found after they killed him. Yeah. So like I said, but he wasn't even the most like rich pirate. Like I know, he just was notorious. And let's be realistic. We need to he's... become pirates. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh... I don't even want to be the richest one. I just want as much as Blackbeard had. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, <laughs> so basically, like when it all comes down to it, it was I don't want to say his aura, but it was everything about Blackbeard as a person. His charisma, his, charisma, his... his attitude, his look, mm-hmm. his style, like everything um and i kind of touched on it a little bit but like the reason why everyone is drawn to the black beard supposedly he kept like different ornaments in his beard i was gonna he say would tie... it has to be more than just the black beard he no. he had to have maybe braided it in a certain there's, way there's multiple reports little, of him like... braiding it there's mm-hmm. multiple reports of him tying ribbons in it that mm-hmm. were cut from the flags of the ships he sank. Oh, okay. There's like different stuff yeah. like that. And it's always different. It's never just a, the first account of just a long black beard is the only time it's mentioned as a plain beard. Yeah. Other times it's either braided. It's like I said, there's ornaments mm-hmm. and stuff in his beard. Well, and he may have realized that that was a discerning fact, like a, a you know, distinguishable trait for him. So then he starts decorating it, making it more noticeable. Well, yeah. And a lot of people like, Going way in the weeds here, there's a lot of theory on, you know, Blackbeard dressed like a pirate, mm-hmm. but dressed cleanly as a pirate. Yeah. And was this, like, well-presented man who spoke very eloquently eloquently, mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, but the beard was to show his, like, defiance of, like, civilization. Like, yeah. that's where a lot of people think he went, because he also, uh, there's also distinguishing, like... Um, accounts of him braiding his hair as well mm-hmm. but yeah it was essentially his giant middle finger to society i mean yeah but, but yeah that's blackbeard in a nutshell i really enjoyed this episode there was stuff that i knew and stuff that i didn't know and and there's stuff like in fiction that you see where they drew it from yes a hundred percent so it was really cool i liked it thank you I enjoyed I enjoyed reading about this one and doing this one. So, yeah. um, the topic I was going to choose instead of this, I'm doing next time. Okay. So, anyway, that was Blackbeard. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Yep. If you did, you know the drill. Find us on social media. All the links can be found at dinano.simplecast.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's about it. That's about it. <laughs> but until next time, which is a, an episode that ends in five or zero, which will be episode 35. It's a, it's a five. It's only fives. Oh, it's only fives. Yes. Okay. So episode that ends in five. Lindsay is doing five urban legends? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so thank you, and we will catch you next week. Okay. Okay, love you. Bye.